0: Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting. have built on it. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, Brad. When we last left the Giants, they were 1-2. and two. We were a little sad after that game three there. Opening series with the uh, Mariners. But then last week happened. We went to play the big bad Padres, took two out of three from the Padres, came home, fans sweep the Rockies. Nice little, uh, what did they go? Five and one over that, over the week while we were away. Pretty, pretty impressive week of baseball for the Giants.
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what to expect going into San Diego. San Diego's riding that high, that off season, we are the champions on paper high. And so, you know, everybody kind of went into that thinking, well, you know, they're, they're allowing fans back in and uh, true to form giants fans, once again, invaded San Diego, which was awesome. (laughs) You know, it was like a max of 8,000, 9,000 people, but you know, the giants fans, we had a, a pretty good showing down there. So that, that was awesome. Um, I don't know if they're allowing, uh, you know, people from like up north to get tickets and go down there. Uh, If they're allowing, you know, like in San Francisco, is it it going to be or is it, since it's already started, is it just San Francisco Bay Area residents? Or I think you just have to be a California resident. How do you even... How do you even check that? The driver's license. (laughs) Just like getting into a bar, right? Hey, this looks like you. Good enough.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, let's quickly recap the week because I think it's worth pointing out. uh, You know, they, they had some really good games now. You know what what was the most that they scored? Like four runs was it the most? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I as I was writing down the scores today and I'm looking at the uh on fan graphs, the team uh you know, the the batting leaders as a team. Yeah. It's not impressive. No. Right? The Giants no. were a top ten offense last year, top seven, I think they finished seventh in offense last year. Um it's not starting out that way. Let me see where they're at right now. I believe they are 26th in the league out of 30 uh, right now in hitting. Yeah, so they scored you know against the Padres, three runs, one run, three runs. Then they come home against the Rockies, three runs, four runs three runs we're watching you know this is like 1962 baseball right yeah now. it's 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 just you know scraping out runs wait and, wait i think the 62 yeah. yankees hit a lot of home runs that, so that's
0: true maybe, uh, what, we're what watching, was this bob gibson whatever the year that bob gibson had like a 1.12
1: year oh god uh you're testing me now <laughs> that yeah it was mid to later 60s but um but, yeah, I mean, it's just we're watching small ball. We're watching the Giants scrape out runs. Very pitching heavy. You know, the Giants are very pitching heavy right now. Very, I mean, we're talking like 90-10 if you're looking at percentage splits leaning towards pitching. You you want that to even out a little bit if you want to maintain winning ball games because, uh, you know, they got, a, they got a tough couple of series coming up here. Um you know they got Cincinnati, which we'll talk about. They got Miami. Uh, Miami is not a tough series, but at you least know, not yet, not yet. And you know how it is. Anytime we go to the East Coast, it doesn't matter who we're playing. We could be playing the. Um, you know Williamsport All-Stars Little League 12-year-old team and we're going to stumble in a couple of those games but so yeah I mean obviously we'd love to see that even out a little bit more 60-40 would be nice uh, 70-30 is even better than what we're seeing right now well
0: well the one thing that they're actually doing is hitting home runs like they're in the, in the National League I think they're in like the top 3 or 4 in home runs but they're all solo home runs like they're not hit, they're not getting on base in front of these guys so okay so let's just go quickly we'll recap the whole week so they go to San Diego. They win Game One on three solo home runs. Mm. <laughs> Desclafani, I think he gave up two runs. Jake McGee closes it down. Uh, they they also uh, in Game Two they got uh, you so crazy Darvished. <laughs> Darvish is, he's, he's going to be a tough one for us.
1: He's so, I mean, all the pitches that that guy throws and then like they say, he's like making up pitches in the middle of the game. He can throw, if, if you're, if you're up to the plate and you're Brandon Belt and you have one of your patented seven or eight pitch at bats, you could see seven or eight totally different pitches. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see the same thing twice sometimes. And that's, nasty. that's hard to hit against. And then
0: Melanson, our good friend, or maybe maybe not so good friend, Mark Melanson, closed uh, that game. So they lost game two. Which was the game that uh,
1: Tatis went down? Was it game two or game three? That was in... uh, You know what? That was actually game one. Oh, game one. Game one of the series. Um, We almost had a
0: baseball tragedy. And we'll see. It could still be a baseball tragedy. But, you know, that guy... On a swing, you know, sublimation or sub sub subluxation or whatever they call it of uh, of the shoulder. Yes, and it was really sad. It was really sad to see him. I'm like, whoa, like he's not even like on my team. But that really, I was like, oh no, this is not great for baseball. You never want, I mean, you don't want to see anybody get injured, but not that guy.
1: No, definitely not. I mean, he is. You know, he's the youth of the game. He's beginning to be the face of the game. He's on, he's on the cover of MLB the show. Uh, what is it, 22 now? MLB the show 22, coming up in a month. Counting down eight days. Oh, it was eight, eight days. Oh, God. Is it the 20th? Is it April 20th? I think so. I got a pre order. I yep. got I got to get on this. Um, but yeah, he's the face of that game. He's, he's starting to become, you know, like the face of baseball. Uh, a lot of these young guys are, why isn't trout? I don't know. I mean, the guy is the guy's so ridiculously consistent, <laughs> mm-hmm. but he's an old guy. Now the, the like, young yeah. guys with the passion and the flavor. And, uh, I mean, you saw him a couple of, I think it was a day or two before that diving in back into first base on a pickoff throw. Um, you know, used every move in the book to get away from it and uh, kind of work his way around getting tagged. I mean, it's just fun. He's a fun guy to watch. And so when that happened, I go, oh man, you know, I was bummed because I thought, I think I thought he like broke his handmade bone and a lot of people thought that too. Um, so hopefully he gets back out there soon. I'd like to see him get rehabbed quickly and get back out there. Does it make him cooler
0: or not? That we saw when his dad was a prospect,
1: <laughs> not cool. No, because no, not cool. When we, yeah, didn't he? Uh, didn't didn't pops hit four home runs on opening day once for the? It was either the Cardinals or the Expos, but he hit four home runs on opening day.
0: He was supposed 94. to be a really good player too. Yeah, and that was whatever. 94. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he still had, you know, a halfway decent career, but he wasn't he didn't quite reach the prospect level status that uh, his son has reached.
1: Definitely. No. No. And he played, yeah, he played like Cardinals, Rangers, and I want to say Expos. So he kind of bounced around a little bit, but man, he was he was a good player. Mm-hmm. Uh not not fantastic. Yeah, like you said, not the level of Tatis Jr. Um but man, yeah, I just yeah, we're old. I, I just, it's not cool.
0: <laughs> so game three, Darren Ruff hits a two-run jack. Uh, then Tyler Rogers gives up a jack to Will Myers, and we were we we sat at that point where it's like, oh no, like I know collectively it's still early in the season. So Giants fans were like, look, it's only two to two, we're fine. But extra innings has not been our best friend, and yet the Giants win in extra innings. So they they go away from San Diego feeling good about themselves. And then they come in, uh, they come back home, you know, the the 9000 fans or, or whatever they had in the ballpark. It was so I ended up listening to the, the, the time that I spent with the game. It was mostly on radio. Um, so I didn't really get to see a lot of the game on TV, except I did see the end of uh, Sunday's game. But a lot of it was just on radio for me because I was out putting a grill together and then I was out doing other stuff. And I don't know if our friend Darren Chan, who we had on this show uh, about a month ago, is just really excellent at his job and the crowd is, is mic'd so well. Or... That 9,000 or 8,000 was super loud. It came through on the broadcast very well.
1: Well, I I think he even tweeted out once and he said, Folks, I did not pipe in (laughs) any extra crowd noise there. That was all authentic. And uh, yeah, it was cool. Fans have been away from the game that they love for so long. Now they're back. They're going to be vocal. I mean, the first Reno Aces game that I can get to... I'm going to be yelling my head off and having a great time, man. It's yeah. going to be I, I, can't, I can't wait. Cuz yeah, I can't go to true. I can't go to a Giants game cuz I'm I don't live in California.
0: I know. So, I know. Yeah. We'll get you here soon though, you and Ash. Yeah. Um I'm all right. Dying so, so then um so so they win game three or uh, they they win all three games three to one four to three and I think four to zero is the last game. Johnny Cueto is the hero of game one. He pitches all the way. He pitched
1: into the ninth inning, right? He did. <clears throat> yeah, he pitched into the ninth and almost got the last out and. Uh... Then they had to swap him. I think he was up to about 107 or 108 pitches. And
0: I know Kapler went out there once. Yeah. And the fan base basically told him, you better leave this dude
1: in the game. And he was like, okay, I'm leaving him in. I wanted to ask you as a wrestling fan, was that a... Was that like a wrestling manager move? Was that like uh, <laughs> Paul pallbearer going out and doing a little something? I mean, is that is that what that was about? There, Bobby there, the might been,
0: there might have been some psychology there, right? Because Kapler, you know, he wants to he he wants Cueto to uh, look. Cueto has been very. Uh, demonstrative in how he wants to be treated as a starting pitcher, to say the least. Like he's he's not holding back his thoughts when it comes to this stuff. So, but I do wonder. I mean, you know, I think this is what you're saying, which is, Kepler almost used his visit as a way to inspire Johnny Cueto. You know, to kind of hang in there a little bit. It was kind of interesting, but that, you know, that's
1: the other immediately thing... immediately what I thought when I saw him go out there and and all of a sudden the crowd started going and he turned around and walked away and the crowd fired up again. I was like, that was some showmanship.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it totally could have been. And you know, this is the one thing with Kapler that he is always going to be questioned about because he wasn't good at it during his first run as a major league manager. Right, like he when he was in Philadelphia. He literally struggled at bullpen at when when to when to make the moves and when to not make the moves and it backfired on him. So I'm sure he's got some P, uh, uh, PTSD about it. Like you can't yeah. not right. No. And so you know he's he's got a guy. He's got a vet. You know Bumgarner would have been the same if if he was able to to manage Bumgarner. Where you kind of more so listen to the guy. Then listen to your own instincts, or or even you know whatever the analytics, whatever the iPad says. Uh, but I thought it was a really, I thought it was a really cool thing for that to have happened during that game because they come out of it with a win. Cueto now can look at Kepler and go, okay, he trusted me in this situation, and Kepler can go, oh, I managed this situation perfectly because
1: we won the game. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, that's kind of a twofold thing. Now, if it would have backfired and he left him in and, and, and really it wasn't going to backfire because he did get a runner on base. And at that point, it was uh, let me let me go back here and look. It was three one. So at that point, you got a runner on base and now you go, OK, now we just need to get one out. So not a big deal. And really, I believe he brought in Jake McGee at that point, which was great because I have him in fantasies and, and so does Ash. So we were like, free save, <laughs> one out, one out safe. We'll take it. I don't care. Um, so, so it was good. You know, he didn't let it get to the point where, okay, Cueto let this guy on base. Let's hang him out there just a little bit more and let him finish this game. Now, in Out of the Park Baseball and MLB The Show, yes. we're going to go for that. Yes. We're, we're, we're going to go for that complete game because those are fun.
0: Uh, I, will going t- to- I will tell you, I have the new out-of-the-park baseball. Oh, yeah. 22. Um, I am using the 2009 San Francisco Giants because I wanted prime Timmy. Nice. And even though the avatars of these players have no feelings... I trusted Lincecum to throw that complete game <laughs> against the the Diamondbacks, even though it would have probably been smarter to bring in Brian Wilson. I just trusted him because I knew that if I let him in, I, I left him in. He would he would uh, he would really take that to heart and and, and throw that final that final inning.
1: Two thousand nine though was not prime b Weezy yet. Well, he had a good he had a
0: good year. I I want us from a saves perspective. Now, it's just a counting number. Right. He had a lot of saves, but he also, uh, you know, raised uh, our our heart rate level a lot that year in getting all of those saves.
1: That was uh, that was the year. No beard. Uh, First outing was in Colorado. Right. From what I remember. I, you got me. I, that was many years ago. Yeah, I think the, fr- the first time we ever saw him was in Colorado, and we're like, "Ooh, this guy's throwing gas!" Yes. Um, but but, but then we knew we had something, and I thought he got hurt that year, and then came back in 2010, and that's when he just kind of blew up. But
0: then he oh, then he old. became <laughs> he, he, he he. Talk about you know, I mean we, we we like to talk about history on this show, yes. so we will often veer and and go off tangents, but. <laughs> Talk about somebody who just explodes onto the scene, right? Like, he really maximized his uh, his years or his minutes on the, on the television. He, like, he makes the All-Star team, and, you know, he's got that 2010. I mean, we remember him closing out not only the World Series, but he closes out Ryan Howard Um but like
1: literally the next year, he's done. Yeah,
0: yeah, That's crazy. I mean, the,
1: the, and then, and then when you look at it, because you got this closer, and and you say, well, I think you know, Papelbon might have gotten a couple of World Series rings as the closer for the Red Sox. Giants win three World Series with three different closers. And one of them was your starting pitcher, (laughs) Madison Bumgarner in 2014. So you had three different closers closing out the world series in, in a span of five years. So yeah, it was just like, boom, boom, boom lights out. Uh, you know, he was be He was a little bit of a head case. He, for sure, he, he, he was in his own head. He was a little goofy, uh, but we loved him in that short period of time. But yeah, that was your, if you're right, that's, that's the definition of writing the hot hand oh, yeah. and Bochy did for an entire season to get a world series trophy out of it.
0: Has anyone ever unbuttoned their shirt to their mm. belly button like he did before,
1: I feel like Kevin he's the only Mitchell? one. Kevin know. Mitchell. Well, didn't, Kevin? he had an undershirt yeah. though, didn't he? He, he? Yeah, he did. And and Mitch would wear that black uh, T-shirt underneath mm-hmm. it. Uh, but but Brian Wilson would cut his T-shirt to show his chest tattoo. Yeah. Oh, there. You Remember go. that? There you go. Yeah, you got. I mean, you got a chest tattoo. You're not going to cover it up. Nobody's going to see it. Well, so we're
0: already so far off of, of what we've been doing. So I, I want to keep going there. <laughs> Do you remember
1: when they did that Showtime series in 2011? Ah, uh, yeah. I I called Direct TV cuz I didn't have Showtime and I and I said, "Hey, do you guys have any like like right before it started, like a week before it started? Do you guys have any uh like free previews of Showtime for like 2 months or 3 months?" They're like, "Oh yeah, sure, we can throw that at you. You've been a customer for a while." And and so I did watch it. And it was so out there at and Andres Taurus and his pants <laughs> and all the other crazy stuff going on. Bochi telling Belt he made the team
0: and having him yes. crack a brew with him. Yeah. That is crazy. Man.
1: What it, like That was fun. I think you can get that on DVD or Blu-ray still.
0: Yeah. I think you can get you know, I would lo- I would I, mean, I really would love to watch it again.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe I'll grab it. You grab it, we'll watch it and we'll talk about it in the off season because no, you know that'd be awesome. Off season's a little slow. We well, always like fun stuff. Well, stuff. this year would be Ten years since Ooh, the show. There you go, crazy I like that
0: craziness. All right, back back to this Rockies okay, series. Right. Uh, so back on Brandon Crawford, big hits and games two and three in the clutch Desclafani throws a great game 3 Logan Webb uh, you know we're still kind of wondering yeah. about Logan Webb he you know two game two two starts in a row where he's kind of been uh, average at best but
1: Some control control issues a little bit still
0: but they they come out of that series three like like we said you know winning these these close games but at least uh, they throw the shutout in in game three and they clean it up and and so they sweep the series now before we get to what we are what we are imbibing here I mentioned the Logan Webb thing because they have Alex Wood who is kind of. On his way back, right? We, we've mentioned this yeah. before. They don't have a lefty in the starting rotation. He would be the the one lefty in the starting rotation. The way that things are going, you would think Logan Webb. You still want him on the team, but maybe he would move into like a relief role because he's he's probably you know a, l- a little bit more adaptable than say Sanchez would be to to throw relief. So. I don't know if that would be a hit to his confidence because because I, I really do want to see him throw. Like we talked about his spring training,
1: but what do you think when when Wood comes back? Is, it, does Webb go to the bullpen? That's a tough one, man, because you're dealing with a a young guy's ego. Um, you're, you're not not so much ego. Sorry, I said the wrong. His confidence, confidence, yeah, like you said. And and last year was a you rough know what? So
0: you're not wrong, right? Right. Ego is part of it, like to be a big leaguer and to get up there and you want to get these best players out. You got to have ego. You got to have like this chip on your shoulder. So I don't I actually don't think you're wrong with what you said. And we don't mean ego to be a bad thing either. Ego is actually a good thing to have when you are a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball.
1: Well, and when you come out of camp with as many pitchers as the Giants had and everybody's saying, well, Webb, you know, had a rough 2020 and he's coming into 2021. Maybe he starts at the alternative side or in the minors, pitches a little bit in AAA and then comes back. He came out of spring dominating hitters and earned the number three spot. He didn't sneak into that five spot. He got that number three spot. So to take him now and put him in the bullpen, that that's really a tough one. I think the giants are going to find excuses to give guys a start off. And it might just be Logan Webb to say, Hey man, we're giving you one start off. We're going to throw in wood. We're going to work a little bit on your control on your turn in the rotation. Um, you know, maybe we'll throw you on the side. We'll, we'll kind of work on that control a little bit and give wood a start. See what you got. because again we talk about this all the time the giants have so many pitchers starting pitchers on on one-year deals right now that when the trade deadline comes around if you've got a starting pitcher who's only a reliever and you're trying to move that guy it's not going to work you know the giants have to showcase some of these guys too so i think they might find a creative way to give somebody a day off they're not going to go to a six-man rotation that's going to throw everybody off you've got you've got gossman you've got cueto um You've got Desclafani and you've got Wood. These guys are all used to going every fifth day. They're not every sixth day guy uh, unless you get a day off in there um, to travel. That's and and the Giants are using that right now. They're not um, they're not skipping people in the rotation uh, when whenever there's an off day. They're sticking to that five man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think they're just going to have to really get creative to say we got to give Wood a start or maybe. Aaron Sanchez hasn't worked his way completely up. He has a rough three innings and then here comes wood to maybe pitch three or four innings. So you're going to have like a dual starter at some point too, not, not an opener. That's a little bit different, but like kind of like a dual starter where you go three and three. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you know, look Sanchez as, as we are speaking, we are about uh, a little bit over an hour before the uh, first game of the series with the Reds begins and, you know the Reds are banging the baseball around, so Sanchez has got his work cut out for him tonight. So we'll see what happens. Uh, okay, so uh, why don't we get to the the drinking, the imbibing, the mm. alcoholic beverage that we are yes. partaking in as we do this podcast? What are you drinking?
1: Well, over the weekend, <clears throat> we did a lot of traveling. So I was listening to a lot of Giants games uh, on the radio as well. And I want to go back to this. You're not going to get away from it. I'm a barbecue guy. I, I love my grills. And we're going to go back and talk about your grill okay. too. I just want to, I want to see what you got. I want to hear about it. Um, but we went over and, and we haven't we haven't bought a new car in twenty something years. So so and we're a Subaru family. So we got one of the new Outbacks and we and we love it. Um, got it down in Sacramento, brought it back, and uh, so so and then yesterday. Uh, it's a bigger car than I thought, mm-hmm. so I had to make room in the garage. We have tiny garages here in Reno, so I was cleaning the garage. So I got a nice, big, healthy dose of John Miller over the oh, weekend. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just... Y- you, you always forget. I mean, I love Kruko and Kuiper, um, You know, and John Miller will hop over when Fleming's uh, on assignment, and so Kuiper can get the... Um, what is it? The 4th, 5th, and 6th mm-hmm. on radio... But, but a healthy dose of John Miller in your life, you just need it every now and then. So if, if you haven't done it in a while, turn off the TV, put in the earbuds mm-hmm. and put on John Miller and whatever app you got. But, but so tonight. Uh, you know, I had a couple beers over the weekend. So tonight I'm doing a little celebrating uh, for the new car and and uh, we got it all registered today and it's ready to roll. And uh, so I went with one of my old favorites and I bought a gigantic bottle of Wild Turkey 101 nice. a while back. So I'm still working on it. And everybody laughs. I mean, not everybody, but people, when you tell them and they go, oh, you like bourbon, you oh, what's your favorite? I go, you know, really, Wild Turkey 101 is is hard to beat. It's a really good bourbon for the price. Absolutely for the price. Oh yeah! So this gigantic bottle was like eighteen bucks, and if you go look up blind taste test wild turkey. One o one you're gonna see it destroy a bunch of other really like fifty and sixty dollar bottles of bourbon, so if you haven't had it, give it a shot. The regular um seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle is right around eleven or twelve bucks mm-hmm. and, and you can't go wrong it's it's really good
0: yeah no i uh I took that advice. And, uh, and I have, uh, I think I still have a bottle of rye that's kind of sitting in, 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 the, uh, liquor cabinet over there. Okay. But so you bought a new car, which
1: yep.
0: I love it. I love it. I am I'm, I'm we're close. Like I, I'm not there yet cause I didn't drive for the last year, Yeah, but we're close. I think I'm going to, you know, I've, I've been telling crystal that I want, So, you know, a bigger car. Um, Well, we'll see. I've I've always had sort of the commuter car because I always have to go to San Francisco for work. But now that I'm getting a little older, I kind of want to I kind of want to, you know, buy something really fun. So so we'll see. So I'm kind of excited about that. But okay,
1: you have if you want to if you want a Subaru, go see Harvín Castillo in uh, sacramento at made subaru but I, I joke though because harveen and i go way back oh yeah uh high school we met when we were 14 so he, you know i he just happened to work at a subaru dealership and we were looking for a new subaru he called me up he goes hey guess what got a job at subaru come see me I said, okay and uh you and i have been playing fantasy baseball and football with harveen going back to like the early 2000s how many times has he won not many, and if he's listening, <laughs> he's gonna be listening to this because he listens to us, not many times, and I'm gonna count him up, and next time we come we we do a show, I'll tell you how many times he's won baseball. It's no more than one, <laughs> probably. I'll tell you that. So and he's not doing he's in last place right now. But I'm but I'm bagging on him. He gave me a great deal on the cars, and I'm, I'm sitting here bagging on him, but you know.
0: Okay, so my, my question is, is that you have two daughters mm-hmm. who are you know, they're, they're, they're not, um, you know, they're not as old as my kids. Obviously, I'm going to have a kid graduating from college in, in about a month. Jeez. Uh, but what happens with the oldest when she is coming into her license driver's license era of her life? Like, is there a car for her? Is is this purchase that you made? Is it because, you know, you want to have more than one car for when she's ready to drive? Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So we used to be a two Subaru family back in the day. We had a Forester and a legacy 35th anniversary wagon, and that was a 2004 and the Forester was 2001. So then we had this other car and it was also 20 years old. And, you know, let's get rid of this thing. Cause it's starting to have some problems. So we went back to being a two Subaru family. So this is the brand new car. This is a 2021 Outback. So we said, okay, we're going to get this thing. Um, And then the oldest is going to be driving, God, in like a year, she's (laughs) going to be, she's going to have her permit. She's going to be driving in a year. So a year from now, I already told my wife, I want to start looking in a year at a used because we can't get another new. You just can't fit that into payments and all that. It just doesn't work. So I want to get a used Subaru Crosstrek so we're gonna be a three Subaru family then the oldest is gonna get the legacy wagon my what it used to be my old car mm-hmm. but I put a kick ass stereo in it it's got Apple CarPlay it's got all the cool stuff in it even though it's an older car but I keep it in really good shape it's got like a hundred and sixty thousand miles on it but it's a it's still a pretty cool ride lots of room very very cool car I think she doesn't think so, is <laughs>
0: <Whatever>. <laughs> But But look, like part of the whole process when you have a child who starts to drive is they have to, you know, they have to drive something that maybe they don't want to be driving because... How else are they going to be inspired to make a little money
1: to you know to get something that they actually want? And she's not driving the new one because it's a turbo. Oh, and I'm I should, I'm definitely not driving that one. And it's like a spaceship. I mean, it's got like this 11.6 inch touchscreen, bigger than my iPad. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's awesome. I can't wait to yeah. get a new car. Oh, so fun.
0: Um. All right. So I'm drink. I'm actually. Again, you know, you gave me the advice on the wild turkey. This is another one of Evans, uh, the Evans family advice, which is the Trader Joe's Highland Scotch Scotch whiskey, which is. Not expensive in any way. I think it was like 17 bucks, but I always remember when we were talking, this is even back in the days before we even started this podcast, you were giving me your little tricks of the trade. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. go to Trader Joe's. They have like their Trader Joe's brand. It's discounted, but it's still really good. And so every time I'm at Trader Joe's, like no fail, uh, I always grab a bottle of the whiskey and it's almost entirely because of your advice. It's like I see it and I go, Oh yeah. I remember Brad told me to get it. So I got to get it. Like every time I go, <laughs> I can just get it.
1: <laughs> That's one of those ones. Yeah. You just keep that one on hand. And what I really like about that one is I like to put on a Sinatra record Here we go. and we'll talk more about Sinatra because Disco, Dee Di Sclafani is a big Sinatra guy. I uh, found that out yesterday. I was super excited, but I like to put on a Sinatra record, hit the, uh, crushed ice cube setting on the refrigerator uh put that into a nice whiskey glass and pour a big glass of that sip that while i'm listening to frank when i'm walking around the house just you know strutting doing whatever and uh that stuff goes down smooth man
0: yeah no it's good stuff i'm, I'm using it uh in the highball cocktail aspect so we've got the whiskey I've got the sparkling water I've got the big rock of ice and Roland it's very refreshing nice okay so last week we mentioned that we were gonna do what we are calling the uh, podcasts MVP of the week and uh, last week it was Buster you know Buster's back uh, he hits he hit a couple jacks but it's really because Buster is back and as a uh, Buster do, Buster may not do the things today that he did in you know, 2012 when he was the MVP, that just jumped off the page. He's not hitting. He's not hitting 330 anymore. He's not going to hit 26 jacks anymore. He's not going to no. drive in close to 100 runs. What he's going to do though is he's going to help the pitching staff. He's going to get get a good knock when you need it in the clutch. He's going to throw runners out at second base, and so Buster wins week one MVP. Now we had week two. We, th- we 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 were kind of like there's three players and probably four. We left Desclafani off of off of the roster here, but we had three players. We said Brendan Crawford, and I mentioned he hit the he hit the two clutch hits in, in games two and three to help them beat the Rockies. We had Cueto who threw that game one, uh, and was masterful. And then we had Mac Cheese, who is uh, just kind of like under the radar lights out closing games for the Giants. And I, I want to keep him under the radar because once we start to have expectations, then that, that may be the time where he, he gives up a couple. But uh, so, so we put that on Twitter. We said, hey, let's ask Twitter who, uh, you know who they will vote for. And they voted for Brandon Crawford to
1: win the Week 2 MVP. Yeah, and Crawford had a fantastic week. He I mean I mean when you look at his batting average you don't say fantastic right Yeah he hit yeah. 222 I mean, so I mean he, it's not he got big
0: a, hits he didn't get a lot of hits he got the big ones
1: Yeah exactly so so he hit 222 on the week but his hits counted and he ended up having two home runs six RBI I'm starting to get into like this the uh sabermetric stuff so I've been looking at this woba I just love saying it, too. Every <laughs> once in a while, I'll turn around to my wife. I'm assuming you're day.
0: talking about weighted on-base average.
1: That's right. I'll turn around to <laughs> my wife and I'll go, hey, Woba. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. So, But his Woba this week was 384. So the the league average is about 330. So what that is is it's what the, the hitter has control of and what the rest of the league is doing. So you're multiplying different things like... Uh non-intentional base on balls, hit by pitch, uh ways to get on base, singles, doubles, triples, home runs. Uh, And then you're also factoring in like sacrifice flies. So you're multiplying all those things and then dividing them by a bunch of other things. So look it up. It's really interesting. I'm not going to go into it right now because I'm, I'm not that clear 100% on what it does. <laughs> <clears throat> but the bottom line is it tells you how are you as a run producer what are you doing for your team to produce runs and so 384 is way above league average so this week that was his 384 woba, and he had two runs or two home runs six rbis and scored two runs um so even though he only hit 222, his wOBA was 384, which is fantastic. So he, he ended up winning winning the vote over Cueto. Uh, he had 46.2 percent of the votes. Cueto came in second with 34.6, and Mac Cheese, Jake McGee, with 19.2.
0: I'm I'm happy with the 19.2. He's still under the radar. Let's keep him under the radar. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. once he becomes yeah, a, a bigger than life star, then he's gonna be uh, pulling. The, unbuttoning his jersey down to his mm, navel. No, he's too, you
1: know what? He's too wacky <laughs> he to do He's too, I mean, so not like it. He's He's a lefty. Oh, he probably wears his yeah, hat crooked. I, I absolutely love it. He comes in there and he looks like he's just not, I, I'm not comfortable. I just, I, I want to get these guys out and I want to get the hell out of here and go sit on my chair. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what it is he's doing out there, but I love it.
0: All right, so let's look ahead to uh, this upcoming uh, week. Giants play the Reds and the Marlins like we said. one question I have for you mm-hmm. we'd been talking up Logan Webb yep are you worried about Logan Webb yet or do we still need to see more from him because we, we really you know we talked about the spring training he you know spring training can mean whatever you want it to mean but his spring training was so lights out that we did kind of take note of it but after two starts, what what do you think are are you worried are you patient still because you know they, they are they did still win that second game that that he didn't throw terrifically well but uh what what's the what's the patience level with him
1: i'm not worried um only because first two starts of the season second one looked a little bit better he doesn't get the reds he will get the um Uh, Miami Marlins down in, uh, Florida, Florida. So he'll, he'll head down there and get those guys. I think that's a little bit easier task for him than having to face Cincinnati. Um, just because he's still having a little bit of those control issues right now. But I, 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 I mean, we have the utmost confidence in this giants pitching, uh, coaching staff. So I think they're going to kind of fix things, get things turned around for him, um help him work on that uh that changeup that is staying up. And I think that's his biggest problem right now. It's, his changeup is uh, is kind of unpredictable mm-hmm. and in the spring it was just nasty, man. That was his out pitch. So yeah, so yeah, I I I'm not worried about him. I uh, you know, I'll panic after like three or four starts at that point. I'll start to say, but then again, like we talked about, we have Alex Wood. So if they need to send Webb down or put him in the bullpen or do whatever they need to do with him, um, the Giants have more more starters to kind of lean on, so that's why I'm not too worried about him at this point. He's still young. He's still got some learning to do. Um, he's still got some game situations to get into and get out of and build that confidence. So now nah, I'm not terribly worried. Right. Second question.
0: Th- this is this is like an Are you worried? Segment. Do yeah, I like it? The Giants are the third worst hitting team. In the National League, and we're only going by batting average when it when you d- use the drop down for OPS, which is the combined on base and, and slugging, they move up slightly they, they, they because they've hit the solo home runs. They've got guys like LaStella and Belt and, you know, who are taking walks. They do move up slightly, but the offense uh, is not the reason that they're winning baseball games right now. Are you worried about the offense
1: I'm not worried because I know Lestella can hit. He's not a 231 hitter. I know Willy, Wilmer Flores is not a 150 hitter. He, he now, he still has more walks than he does strikeouts. Making contact. I know Brandon Belt's not a 167 hitter. I know Yaz is hurting. Didn't Belt his, his strike out like seven out. times in a row or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a little rough. I mean, but the guy, he had Mongo yeah, exactly, for crying out loud, right? Exactly. I mean, you got to give him a break. Give him exactly, a break. He, exactly. You know, he's still kind of... This is his spring training. No, look, look. Still. He's, he didn't he's get to, still my yeah. guy.
0: He's 100% my guy, but he does things where I go...
1: Man, that's kind of hard to do. Strike out seventeen yeah. in a row. <laughs> well, well, well. That and then you got to look at Yaz. Yaz's hand is hurting. The guy has struck out fourteen yeah, times in thirty two. I think he's bat. getting
0: a seat tonight too. Well, uh, tonight I, I, you, everyone's yeah. listening to this probably after the game's over. But yeah, he, he's not playing uh, in, in game one against
1: Reds. No, and he and he's not a one twenty five hitter. He needs to get that hand healthy. Uh, Austin Slater, one fifty four. That one, I don't know. Could he be a one fifty four hitter? Nah, it's probably more like a two twenty, two thirty yeah, hitter at minimum. Yeah, he's he's just not he's not your guy. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot more of Slater at this point uh, going forward. Uh, Dickerson's only hitting 200; he's not a 200 hitter. Uh, B. Cross hitting 172, but he's clutch. He's clutching up when he has to. Uh, so no, I mean guys still have to get going, and so I'm not worried about this offense. So that's two not worried. And Mauricio Dubon is a 125 hitter. No, he's not. He's probably like a 250, 260 hitter. So Alright. Well, we'll
0: probably have some more are you worried uh, during the season. But let's look ahead to, uh, to this series. But I wanted to point out one thing which the ERA, the team ERA, is second to the Padres in all of baseball. How much of this do you think is because Buster Posey is behind the plate.
1: Yeah, you brought that up today, and I, I like that. Um, that. That's one of those things that kind of just escaped me during these uh, first couple of weeks of the season. But yeah, he's got, uh, he's got a lot to do with it. I mean, he commands the, the pitching staff. He knows when to go out and have a little word with them. Um, he knows when signs start to get a little mixed up. Don't write it out go on out there, get, get it fixed. Um, you know, he's, he's an all-star catcher. He's a three-time world series, uh, winning catcher. Uh, he's rookie of the year. The guy has a lot of time behind home plate and, uh, pitchers like that. So pitchers like throwing to Buster Posey and and they have the confidence in him. It's hard when you've got a guy like Joey Bart back there, like you had last year for, for quite a few of the games and, uh, Chadwick Trump, uh, Guys with just not a lot of experience. So, the, you know, things were a little bit different. So, yeah, I, I think he's got he's got a lot to do with it. And uh, it's fantastic to see him back there again. I want him to get his war up. <laughs> I want his war to keep rising because I, I don't want any questions about the Hall of yes. Fame when this is all yes. over and done.
0: Uh, with. We, we we talked about that a lot. Uh, we, we actually did a whole, you know, is Buster Posey a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Famer segment in the offseason. Uh, OK, so. Uh, I, I love that Buster is, you know, Buster is really part, uh, God you know, I hate to say he's the heart and soul of Giants because, you know, we talked about Crawford and Belt or who are still there. Those guys are are very much a part of it, too. But Buster's just just that much more special. One thing I think is a little bit underrated, and this is not a shot at your boy, Chadwick Trump, but Kurt Casale is. Possibly catching Desclafani. That could be an interesting thing because I was reading Andrew Baggerly. He had mentioned that they know each other, um, and there was a situation yesterday where Casella Casali or uh, Desclafani dumped a knuckle curve in the dirt, and then Casali was like, "No, we're throwing it again," and he threw it again and got the out. So, like, there's something there. I mean, maybe. De Sclafani and, and Casali are, are the battery. And that's when Buster gets his rest because there, there's some familiarity there. And I, I liked that. Uh, so that that could be a little bit of an underrated move. You know, as much as we like Trump, because Trump is a fun player to watch and easy to root for. But, you know, Casali with De Sclafani, I think that could be something fun that we could, uh, we could watch for for a lot of the season.
1: Yeah, you got to build that battery rapport, and those guys have it, and Buster and Cueto have it. Cueto loves Buster. I mean...
0: Okay, d- how much does he love w- Buster versus how much he really hates... Pitching to Joey Part,
1: (laughs) polar opposites. (laughs) The needle goes the exact opposite in both directions on that one, Um, and and that's a tough one. I mean, because if Buster's, you know, if Buster can, you know, re-sign a new deal next year, uh, because they're not going to pick up that option for twenty-two million, right? So if he can work out a new deal and be there next year. Maybe Quato comes back on a one deal, mm. but if Buster's gone and Joey Bart's up, <laughs> you know, Quato <laughs> might be like, nah, I'm good, <laughs> I'm gonna take off and go somewhere else.
0: Oh man, um, we, we love Johnny Cueto for more than one reason, and he oh, retweeted so you the other day.
1: Yeah, that was dope. I enjoyed that. I was like, I texted everybody I knew. I took a screenshot of it. I texted my wife. She goes, Oh, cool. (laughs) I don't think she knows who Johnny. She's she's like, is,
0: does that have to do with the Woba? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> is that a is that the Woba guy? No, it's not the Woba guy. But but uh, yeah, that was so fun. I mean, Johnny Cueto, we did the Dia de Cueto hashtag, and then he retweeted it, and you know, it's something in Spanish. And uh, I was like, this is cool, man. Johnny Cueto riding horses with no shirt. Well,
0: on. I will say you've been you know? killing it on Twitter. The Thompson to Clark uh, Twitter. Uh, account definitely check it out. If you if you're on Twitter and you're listening to this show, you should definitely follow it. Brad is tweeting mostly. I, I'll throw in a couple things. In oh, there. you
1: you yeah, you get in there because uh, this weekend I was traveling, I couldn't do any. But
0: but really, Brad is is uh, doing a great job, having a lot of fun. People are digging it because I see the replies too. I'm like ah, oh, I see. You know, people are interacting, so it's actually really cool to see. Um, definitely check it out, Thompson and Clark on Twitter. Okay, let's quickly get to the to, to these games. Game one is already going to be over by the time most people listen to this. So the Reds are coming into town, they're hot, they're six and three. They have the second best run differential in the national league only to those <sighs> Dodgers. Uh, Reds are plus 20 Dodgers are plus 23. Uh, so, you know, you look at it and it's like, okay, the giants are, Really excellent with the with the overall pitching. The Reds are really excellent with the offense. At some point it's the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. What do you think about this series?
1: this is a and again we said it last time we're going to say this I don't know how many times this season this is going to be a big test for the Giants just put that on repeat you can put it at the beginning of every podcast that we do because there's always going to be a big series I think when they're done with the Miami series at the end of this week they're going to go to Philly I mean that's a big one because Philly's playing good ball Um, Kapler's old stomping ground so it should be interesting Uh, but yeah this is a huge series so in the game one, you've got the number fives going against each, each other, so everything kind of lines up. Game two, you got the ones. You've got Castillo, Luis Castillo, who had a horrible first outing, but was lights out in his second outing, and he's he could be one of the best pitchers in the National League when yes. he's on. Uh, and he's going against Gossman. and then Game three, Cueto against his old team, the Reds, against uh, was it Trevor Mail, uh, who, who's also a very good pitcher and uh, kind of coming into his own. So this is going to be a really really tough series the Giants bats need to come yes. alive in game one they can't wait until game two or game three game one they're going against their number five guy so so, so tonight when you're listening to this uh, later on Monday night if those bats aren't going by then it's going to be a nail biting series all the way to the end could easily be I don't think it's going to be a sweep either way but it could be two one two one one way or the other uh, the Reds'
0: uh, former prospect—I guess you still call him prospect—Jonathan India's hitting three seventy-nine. I like his flow. He's got the—he's uh, got the Brandon Crawford flow. <laughs> it's, it's Nick really uh, Castellanos—he's hitting three twenty-four, but he's got four jacks. You have Tyler uh, Naquin—he's got five jacks and fourteen RBI, he's
1: leading the league along with. Uh, uh, I it just escaped. It? You're talking about home runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's leading the league in home runs right now. So,
0: so yeah, they're gonna they're gonna come and, and bash. But look, they, you know they play in the Great American Ballpark, which is a little bit of a bandbox. So you come to Oracle changes the game a little bit, and uh, we'll so we'll see what happens there. Uh, and then you already mentioned uh, the Marlins. So the Marlins are struggling a little bit. Uh, I think they are two and six, which, you know, a little bit different from what they were last year. But look, you know, they got to play the Braves and the Braves are going to be one of the best teams in baseball. So uh, early in the season, you know, you lose uh, a couple games there. Uh, what was that series here? So they lost. Uh, no, they haven't played. Wait, how come I thought they played the Braves? Oh, they're playing the Braves today. Sorry, they're, they're, play, they're yeah. playing the Braves. Today. They,
1: here's the other thing. They've only hit three home runs this entire season and they've only scored 24 runs this entire season yes. so far. I mean, they're, they're one of the worst offensive teams. The Giants, on the other hand, have only scored seven more runs, but they've hit 14 yes. home runs versus Miami's three. So, that's the whole thing. If the Giants can get on base, and they did against the Rockies, they, they I mean, the Rockies are, are, are an awful mm-hmm. pitching staff, lead the league in walks, and the Giants walked 14 times against them in three games, but still only scored three runs, four runs, Four runs, and it's because they just aren't hitting the two, three-run home runs. They're just not yeah, doing it. So, that.
0: so I actually got that wrong. So the Marlins, they lost two out of three to the Rays. I, I don't know what the expectation is for the Rays, but they obviously were in the World Series last year, and then they got swept by the Cardinals. And uh, they they split with the Mets and and yesterday's game was uh, suspended and will be completed on August thirty first. Jeez, <laughs> that was a yeah. washout. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, so you know the, the the Giants could be catching them because they got a four gamer with the Braves here and and the Braves I think a lot of people expect them to be one of the top teams again. So you know the Giants could catch them at a nice spot if, if they do lose a lose uh, you know the series to the Braves and maybe they can. Uh, maybe Maybe they can take advantage of that, but uh, interesting series, like you said, the Reds are going to bring the bats, and we'll see how the Giants go there. And then, you know, I think this is uh, this series against the Marlins. It's sort of like the uh, like the Rockies in that you kind of expect them to win two out of three, but we'll see what happens there. So they're going to the East Coast, like you said, so it makes it a little bit different. But yeah, you know, right now at this point we can be optimistic about this baseball team, which I kind of like this time next week, when we do the show again, it could be completely different. So I'm just really, (laughs) I'm just really going to choose to be optimistic because, you know, you never know. And let's, let's just go with it right now.
1: Well, uh, Zadie is really kind of building things as we saw last season. This was a 500 club. So we know giants are, yeah, you know, started out this season six and three, and last year it was like, oh yeah, we went six and three. But you know what? We're about to go three and six because that's the team they were last year, and the rules were a little bit different, and COVID, and missing, and you played against the same teams for the sixty games. You didn't go to the East Coast, you didn't do that type of stuff. So now they're playing real baseball again. Um, so now, now we get to see what the Giants have, and so far, we're very impressed with the pitching staff. Very impressed with um, Kepler's uh, bullpen moves. I am, at least. Uh, very impressed with the roster from top to bottom, the things that they could do. Some guys just have to get off the schneid, one of, my, one of everybody's favorite <laughs> sayings, get off the, the schneid and start hitting the ball and finding some gaps because you're not going to win on solo home runs. It's just not going to happen every week and every game. Um, you're going to have to put you're going to have to walk and then get a base hit, and then get a double and drive in two runs. I mean, you're going to have to do things differently to score five, six, seven runs. Giants did that the first couple games of the season, and after that they'd just been silent with the bats. But luckily, the pitching staff has been carrying them. So, yeah, this this could be a 500 club. This also could be a very, very good club if they can get things going. Hunter Pence still is holding
0: that the Giants are going to be the second wild card in the National League.
1: They have that. They actually have that spot right now. If you look at the <laughs> nine games in. Uh,
0: this, one more thing. We're going to get to the last subject, which is something that Brad wanted to bring up. Uh, if you have a subscription to the Athletic, last week I think it was on Thursday, Jason Stark did an interview on his podcast um, Starkville. J- Doug Glanville is on it. D- Doug Glanville... I'm still trying to figure out what he actually brings to the table on the podcast. But, um, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> but, uh, I hope people oh, don't no, say no, no. that about me. I, you, you, <laughs> I'm setting you up so that you can hit home runs. That's the whole, that's the whole goal. Uh, that's, that's the that's, goal that's of it. this show is for me yeah. to set you up so that you can hit like Mark McGuire like home runs. Oh, um, I appreciate that. I took all my <laughs> PEDs right before this this show. So uh, so, so he interviews, uh, Jason Stark interviews Crook and Kipe. It's awesome. He's got them for like, I don't know, 30 to 30 minutes probably. So check it out. If you got a su- subscription to The Athletic. Actually, you know what? You don't even have to have a subscription. You can just subscribe to The Athletic's uh, daily baseball podcast. They do five shows a week. Uh, it, it'll it'll have ads in it because you if you just use your RSS feed and your podcast reader. it is so awesome. Kruk and Kipe just telling stories. I mean you know it's all they're talking about their friendship talking about when Kruko first started broadcasting and you know that the, how they were telling uh, how they were doing play by play on the bench in Frank Robinson's dugout. because it was just, you know, the the, the long (laughs) season. But definitely go out of your way to listen. I was so happy listening to this while I'm doing the dishes, (laughs) kind of probably staying up too late just so I could finish them. But anyway, listen to that. Okay. Now, last thing you wanted to mention or you wanted to talk about this a uh, major league uh, draft league that they're doing, which is people who are sort of uh, done with their college season and waiting to be drafted into in Major League Baseball's amateur draft.
1: Yeah. So this, this is really cool. I, I didn't know about this and all of a sudden this popped up kind of in one of my, uh, I don't even remember where I saw it today, email, Twitter, whatever, wherever it was. But, um, so there's an MLB draft league. Uh, they didn't say who's going to be playing in this league, uh, but it's run by major league baseball. It's 68 games long, starts May 24th, runs through August 13th. They're going to take a break. Right in the middle, July 9th through the 14th. And then the actual draft is July 11th uh, through the 13th. So, right in the middle of that little break that they're taking, then they reconvene on July 15th and go to August 13th. Uh, they don't say if there's going to be any kind of postseason or anything like that. But you and I were kicking around the idea this is probably going to be, these aren't going to be your top prospects. These aren't going to be the guys who are going in the first like three, four, five rounds. Those guys don't want to get hurt. They want to finish their college career and say, yes, okay, we're good. We're, we know where we're going in the draft. We know around which round these are going to be your super late round guys. Probably Uh, your fringe guys who may not get drafted. Um, Again, I don't know how they're picking them. If they're going to be invited, if they're going to have to apply or how it's going to work. Uh, But there's five teams. um, uh, Or did I count wrong? I've got six managers here. So yeah, so it's going to be Coco Crisp, These are the managers Coco Crisp, Jed Jerko, who's 32 years old. The guy just, I tell you, he just played last year. Um, Jeff Manto, yes. you remember that guy? Um, Derek May, Delwyn Young, and Billy Horton, who has actually a Giants coach uh, in, the, in the minor league system from 2012 to 2019. So that that's really kind of intriguing. I'm kind of excited to to see this and, and track that. I really hope that the games end up on MLB Network somewhere. Um, They already have so many MLB games on MLB Network. So May 24th to August 13th is like primetime Major League Baseball. So maybe they'll replay them like in the morning or something like that. Or you can watch them. Oh, I wonder if they're going to end up on MLB.TV. That would be pretty cool because you and I both have subs for that. So. So yeah, that's a really cool, uh, cool league. So if you're a draft head, I'm not necessarily a draft head, but I do like to watch the young guys uh, actually grab a wood bat and see what they can do. I like to see the young pitchers because you know this is they're going to be facing minor league talent. All these guys are going to get drafted somewhere, most likely. So it's it's not like you know, oh, this guy was in college and he had a a 0.12 ERA. Well, who was his competition? It was, you know, Northwest basket weaving state. I mean, you know, the competition is is so weak. Who knows what these guys can actually do. So this will kind of show you what they're all
0: about. You know what it would be great for? Like, you know, there are back in the day, I used to watch college baseball because ESPN would run it and you'd get to see guys who were going to, you know, be drafted very high. I, re- I mean, I can remember watching like Will Clark and Rafael Palmero and BJ Serhoff and these guys play in the College World Series. This is like a great extension for college baseball fans who really enjoy watching these guys. I, I-, I can see, you know, it's-, it's sort of niche, but I can see people, uh, you know, following some of these guys to see because that's immediately what you said is you see these guys hit with an aluminum bat. And then you want to see them hit against better competition with a wood bat, and that separates sort of the you know the men from the boys uh, to to use a, a phrase, so yeah, I think it'll be kind of cool
1: yeah I, I'm definitely looking forward to it and and if you like minor league baseball, that's the problem too. like I live in Reno, so minor league baseball, we actually get the Reno aces on TV but but if you live in areas i mean you don't get the San Jose Giants on TV down there i wouldn't imagine um but maybe like the Sacramento Rivercats if you live in Sacramento. But if you don't get a lot of minor league baseball on TV, I'm, I'm really hoping that they put some of these games on TV just so you can kind of get that feel for minor league baseball and like low level a baseball just to kind of, you know, just, just watch more baseball. That's what it is. I mean, <laughs> we love baseball as it is. We want to watch more baseball. So if they're going to replay these games at, you know, six o'clock in the morning when most of us are getting up and getting ready for work. Yeah.
0: I'll take it. All right. So uh, that'll do for here. Uh, We will be back next week. Same time. uh, Same podcast network, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Whatever network, whatever, however you subscribe to us. Again, check out Brad. Brad's been doing a lot of great stuff on Twitter. We also have the Facebook group. If you search Thompson, the number two and Clark, we got the Facebook group, got Twitter. We still got Instagram. uh, And yeah, we're going to keep. Pumping out uh, these episodes. Thank you to uh, Blue Wire Hustle. We are a part of Blue Wire Hustle. And they host our shows for us. So, for Brad, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.